This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 115. He's Thomas Umstead Jr., author, speaker, media, and marketing guru, and newlywed. <laughs> and I'm with James L. Rubart, speaker, best-selling, multi-award winning author, and wannabe guitar player. <laughs> and in this episode, we're going to talk to you about why traditionally published authors should not spend any money marketing their books. But first, Thomas, we're in the Thanksgiving, Christmas, holiday season. Um, does it seem different this year being a newlywed? I mean, it's it's a different dynamic, right? It is. I will say the romantic songs, Christmas songs that I used to hate now like have new life now that I'm <laughs> in a relationship and I am enjoying them quite a bit more. And I will say uh, over the holidays, it's common for podcasts to take a break. And a couple of weeks ago, you may have noticed that we didn't have an episode come out. That was on me. We actually did have an episode come out. We did all the work. We recorded it, everything. And uh, with the holidays happening, I forgot to push publish. <laughs> so you may notice an extra episode in your feed this week. Uh, we So the episode, in case you missed it, is episode 112, Where to Build Your Platform as as an unpublished novelist. And I do want to say, because that episode makes it sound like we hate blogging. And so it's like, so when you were talking with Joanna, you were like, oh, blogging is this great strategy. And now you're saying we hate blogging. What's the deal? Well, let me clarify. Uh, if you do not have a book on Amazon, you should not be blogging. <laughs> well, they could be. They could be blogging. They could be. But the majority of their focus needs to be writing. That's right. You need to be focused on learning how to write a great book <laughs> and focusing on your craft if you do not if you're not yet published. If you have a novel on Amazon that is purchasable, then the toolbox of content marketing that we talked about with Joanna opens up to you. So that we, we don't actually disagree with ourselves as much as we made it sound, and I apologize for making that unclear. Blogging can be a great tool if you're a published novelist, uh, if you use the techniques that we talked about in episode 113 with Joanna Penn. Um, but if you're unpublished, focus on writing a better book. And uh, we also recommend going through our five-year plan course that will help you get your craft up to speed that you can find out about at novelmarketing.com. Uh, one other mix-up uh, over the holidays. I'm just full of apologies at the beginning of this episode. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, the survey that we mentioned, uh, also there was some bugs with it. Initially, some people weren't able to take it. All of those issues have been fixed. So uh, we're extending it a little bit longer. We really would appreciate it if you would take the survey. Go to novelmarketing.com, take the survey. It takes just a couple of minutes, and it really does help us uh, moving into 2018 to make this show better. All right, you ready to talk about our topic today, Jim? I am ready to talk about the topic. Let's let's dive into it. Um, the topic, really, it comes from you, Thomas. It comes from a blog post that Thomas recently put up, and it's getting some strong reaction. And, and simply put, the blog post is, novelists should not spend money if they're traditionally public, published. And some people are saying, yes, that's right. Some people are saying, ah, not so much. And even if you're not traditionally published, it'll give you some we think really important insight on where you should and shouldn't spend your marketing dollars. So Thomas, let's dive right in. Yeah. So I'm a big b believer that your blog posts should come from your outbox. And I, and I was emailing an author who sent me an email. She was wanting me to buy, uh, to help her do some Amazon advertising for a book. Her publisher was putting it on sale. It was going to be on sale for $2, you know, over the holidays. And she wanted to buy Amazon ads promoting that book. 
And I started writing her back this email, and it got longer and longer, and it finally turned into a blog post. And basically, I said, one, since you're traditionally published, technically, it's not really possible to do this. But two, even if it was, it's actually a bad idea. And it's a bad idea for two reasons. Uh, The first reason is that as a traditionally published author, you don't have access to the sales information that you need to succeed. So if you're doing a big promotion, let's say you bought a blog tour, or you bought some Facebook ads, or you're spending money somewhere on December 15th, and you're, it's all happening on December 15th, you actually have no idea how many books you sold on December 15th. <laughs> There's Your publisher will not tell you that. Uh, and they may never tell you that. There may be no way to find out if your promotion was successful or not. And the result of this is that I've noticed amongst traditionally published authors, their marketing tends to be very sloppy. And there's lots of superstitions of things they think work that don't actually work, but they have no idea that they don't work because they don't have the sales data. And so from a business perspective, they're the wrong people to be spending the money because they don't have the data to know what's working and what's not. Yeah, I, it's interesting, Thomas. I, a lot of you know that that we're friends with Randy Ingermanson, and Randy, I'm part of a private email loop of authors, and somebody would say, oh my gosh, this Facebook advertising is working fantastic, and Randy would ask the question to the loop, oh, that's wonderful to hear. How do you know that? Well, I just, a lot of comments. I know that a lot of people are commenting, and I see a lot of activity, and Randy's like, well, that's great, but how do you know it's working? In other words, how do, how do you know sales have been made? And the answer is always, well, I just I just feel like it is, that you, you simply can't know. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Now, there are some ways to find out if you're using Amazon affiliates and you have a special Amazon affiliate code for that promotion. You can know how many Amazon sales you got from that promotion. But the whole point of being traditionally published is that you're in the bookstores. And so that's what you want to be driving the sales for. And that, that is what you don't have the data for. And, and so even when you're able to get some of the data and very few authors would go through the hassle of setting up a special affiliate key for a specific promotion. Uh, They just don't have that information. But here's the deal. That's just the first problem with spending money if you're traditionally published. The second problem is even worse. (laughs) No, Thomas, say it ain't so. It is so, I'm sorry to say. So to to explain why it doesn't work, we need to first explain real quick how traditionally publishing works. So Jim, you're traditionally published. Let's just kind of have an uh, example. You're traditionally published and I'm your publisher. So I say, Jim, I love your book. It's the greatest book I've ever seen. I want to publish it. I'm going to spend all the money to publish it and I'm going to give you an advance on royalties. I will pay you $10,000. Jim's like, oh, this sounds good. He signs the contract, and I give him a $10,000 check. Now, here's the catch. I didn't actually pay him $10,000 to write the book, where he then starts getting paid as the book starts selling. It's an advance, which means for the first $10,000 I would pay him, I actually give him $0. So if I'm able to, Jim, convince you as my author, and I'm the publisher, to buy, let's say, $5,000 worth of ads... You spend $5,000 worth of ads uh, to sell your book, and let's say you sell 5,000 books, uh, and let's say you're getting a royalty of a dollar per book. Do you know how much money you get for spending those $5,000? Zero. You know, because you're traditionally published. <laughs> That's right. The best way, Thomas, the best way I've ever heard it explained what an advance is, because a lot of people just don't understand it, and it's a little hard to get your head around it if you're not familiar with it, is an advance, or, uh, advance from a traditional publisher is a small business loan that if you can't pay back, they won't come after you. 
but it's a loan. It's a loan that you have to pay. You are contractually obligated to pay back to them in the sense that every dollar you earn goes back to them until you reach that $10,000. That's right. And here's the deal. 90% of books never earned through their advance, which means the money that the author gets from the advance is the only money the author ever gets, which means that whatever money the author spends on marketing is less money that the author makes. So if an author gets a $10,000 advance and spends $6,000 of it on marketing, then they're only being paid $4,000 for writing the book. That is not enough to pay the rent. It's not enough to put your children through college. And so uh, now traditional publishing companies often will pressure authors to spend money on marketing because it's a, it's a way of effectively getting that author to be paid less for doing the same amount of work. <laughs> but the problem is, is that it doesn't make sense because going back to reason number one, that author doesn't have the data to spend that money well. The publisher is actually in a better position to spend those marketing dollars in ways that will maximize the number of books they're able to sell for that expenditure. Uh, now, it get, it, now, let's say, oh, well, my book is earned through its advance. I should, uh, does the math work for me? And the answer is no. It still does not work if you're traditionally published. Uh, let's say, uh, let's have a fictional author named Barbara. Let's say she gets a 25% royalty on her ebook and it sells on Amazon for $7.99. That means she makes $2 a copy. And let's say she can buy ads uh, that send people to that page on Facebook. Let's just say she's doing Facebook ads and 10% of the people who click the ad go on to buy the book. That means she has to buy 10 clicks to sell one book. And if those ads cost 25 cents a click, which is a pretty typical price, some authors are spending more, some are spending less, most are spending more, that means she's spending $2.50 to acquire a reader, which means off of her royalty of $2, she is losing 50 cents per reader. Yeah, but she's so, going to make it, she's going to make it up in volume, Thomas. <laughs> yeah. So, if you put if she were to put that same money into a slot machine in Vegas, she would get more of the money back. So, slot machines in Vegas pay back something like 90% of the money that you put into them. Uh, this is paying back even less than that. So, this is a really bad investment uh, for her to pay for marketing, pay for advertising if she's traditionally published. This is another um place where you have to think about the outcome and that is book signings now most authors by now realize that book signings are not really a great way to make money but especially if you're traditionally published it's it's kind of an ego boost right until you do your first signing and 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 you realize you know out of the 20 people who stopped by your your table three of three bought your book unless you're jk rowling and that's a different scenario but most traditionally published authors will do do book signings three or four of them thinking each one is going to get better and it just doesn't so if you're traditionally published and you sell five books and you're getting five bucks total think of what your time is work for that two and a half hours of book signing plus your gas to get there and you're going okay i lost money on this deal too so just in a very practical way that's one of the reasons book signings simply do not work out math-wise. And this is important to note, uh, and Jim, you bring up a good point, is that people's time is worth money. As an author, you should consider your time being worth at least minimum wage. But really, if you're a, an author, especially if you're a traditionally published author, that means you probably could get a job editing somebody else's writing for $20, $30, $40, $50 an hour. So you need to be treating your time as at least that valuable 
which by the way, it means if you spend an hour on Facebook, you need to be getting at least $50 worth of value from that hour on Facebook <laughs> or spend your time doing something more valuable. So a quick little shade on social media. Hey, maybe they're getting maybe they're getting emotional benefit from this, Thomas. <laughs> no, actually the science shows that social media makes you depressed and less productive. It's true. So. That's is it true. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so it's not that social media doesn't work. It's that there are other things that often work better uh, for your time. Uh, but the reality is you need to treat your time as, as as important as your money. And for book signings, publishers don't send authors to book signings to help the author sell their book. Publishers send authors to book signings to improve the publisher's relationship with that bookstore. It's purely a benefit and like a favor that you're doing for the publisher who's trying to get more of their books in the bookstore in the future. So it's not about selling your book. Plus, the reality is if you go to a bookstore and you do a signing, or even if you drop by bookstores, and I still do this, I'll drop by a bookstore, I'll sign my books. Say I stop by Barnes & Noble, I'll introduce myself, thank you for carrying my books, and they'll typically say, hey, will you sign copies of the, your books that are here? I, absolutely, I'd love to sign them. That's a good thing. It's a good thing for the publisher. It's a good thing for me because now they can't send those books back. No returns. So now those those books are permanently in the store. And it's less, way less of a time investment. You pop in, you sign the books, you're in there for 10 minutes, and then you go. At 10 minutes, even at uh, $50 an hour, that's, you know, you're being compensated. That's not a big investment. So you only need to get, what, 10 bucks back for those 10 minutes to be a bit worth it. That's uh, right. Hey, Thomas, I want to jump, I, I want to jump into, uh, we have a lot of indie authors in the audience and I want to jump into why they have better marketing options, but I want to press back a little bit on one issue. We're talking about, you don't want to spend your time and money on marketing your traditionally published book. But if we take the money equation out of it, I want to talk a little bit more about the time and what our time is worth. And should we put our time into it? Because... If you're traditionally published and my publisher sees that I'm putting a lot of effort into creating interviews or videos or Facebook Live, this kind of thing, that I'm really partnering in marketing this book, they are much more likely next time a contract comes around to go, hey, uh, let's do another contact contract with Jim. He is definitely invested in this book. So talk to me a little bit about the time element. Are you saying we don't want to spend any time, even if it doesn't cost us money? So I worked at a publisher as a marketing director, and I will say, I don't care at all how much effort you put in. Not one little bit. All I care about is how many copies sold. <laughs> so um, if you're able to do things that are very effective with your marketing and you're able to sell lots of books, absolutely, it makes us more likely to sign you in the future. Uh, but I don't care how hard you're working. There's no points for it's like, oh, this author lost us $5,000, but he worked really hard, so we're going to publish his next book. No, that's not how it works. It's all about results. And again, since you don't have that sales data, it's really hard to drive results. Now, that doesn't mean you should spend no effort on public on marketing your books. There's absolutely things that are very much worth your time. I recommend investing money in your website. We recommend uh, doing email promotions and uh, a good book launch is also very valuable and it can turn back even, you know, and taking into an advance and all of that into account, it can be worth it. Because uh, you also, you know, you want your book to be read, you want to get it to get out to folks. And sometimes publishers won't spend any money on marketing a book unless they see it already being successful, which is kind of unfortunate, actually, because you kind of have to, you have to spend the money. So you're getting another pay cut just to try to earn their marketing dollars, uh, which is, again, why traditional publishing often doesn't make sense. Uh, because, 
you know, if you flip that around and you're going indie, the numbers are just a lot better. Well, let's speaking of indie, let's talk about indie uh, authors. And, and then before we close, I want to touch base on hybrid authors as well. But let's talk about indie authors and why they have better marketing options. Yeah, so let's run those same numbers that we ran for Barbara, the traditionally published author. Now let's imagine that Barbara has decided to self-publish one of her books. So she puts it through CreateSpace and uh, KDP, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. And the benefit now is that she has real-time or near-real-time access to the data. So our first problem has been solved. On December 16th, she can know exactly how many books sold on December 15th and then compare those sales to December 14th to see what kind of spike she got. So she can see, wow, I did this big, huge campaign, a blog tour, and I was on 50 blogs, and I sold zero additional books on December 15th as I spent on December 16th. Maybe I'm not going to buy another blog tour. (laughs) Or maybe she's like, wow, I sold an extra 5,000 books I wasn't expecting to sell because of this BookBub promotion I did. Maybe I should buy another BookBub. So she's got that data to know what's working and what's not. But here's where it gets even better. The numbers are way better. So let's say her ebook is for sale for $4.99. So she's selling her book for less than what she was if she was traditionally published. Even at a lower price point, the numbers work out better. So her book's $4.99. Her commission is 70%. So she was getting 25%. Now she's getting 70%. And 70% is $3.49 a book. If it costs her the same $2.50 to acquire a reader... That means she's making a dollar per reader. So that's an extra dollar she can use to then buy more readers. And that's not even counting her additional books. And so suddenly, instead of every time she acquires a reader, she loses 50 cents. Every time she acquires a reader, she's making a dollar. So it's a much better arrangement for her to spend money on the marketing because there's enough money, there's enough meat on the bones for her to actually spend money acquiring readers. Whereas if you're traditionally published, really the only one who financially gets a benefit when you spend money to acquire readers is the publisher. And like you said, she gets immediate feedback. So she knows it's if it's working, if she needs to change gears, and she can do that in a matter of days instead of a matter of, well, actually never knowing whether she should change gears or not. That's right. Doing marketing without data is like driving down the road without looking through the windshield. And you know, people are like, oh, marketing never works. And it's like, yeah, driving never works either when you've got something covering up your windshield. <laughs> it's like, you got to scrape that snow away before you drive down the road, bro. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to crash, guaranteed. I don't care how good of a driver you are. If you don't have data, you can't look down the road, you're going to crash for sure. So it sounds like you're saying that the traditionally published authors do not have a defroster and the indie (laughs) do. (laughs) So the benefit of traditional publishing is, and traditional publishing still works and people still make lots of money with traditional publishing, but typically the ones who do spend their time writing additional books for their publisher. Their publisher markets the book. They're the ones who write the book. Uh, The authors who get into doing lots of time, spending lots of time and money on marketing are typically the authors whose books are already not selling very well. And they get kind of in this spiral where eventually they have a harder and harder time staying traditionally published and because um, maybe their books aren't a right fit for the market or there's some other issue. But if you're seeing success, your publisher is going to be wanting to spend money on your behalf. And I've seen that. I've had authors approach me and they're like, hey, my publisher has a budget of XYZ thousands of dollars and they're going to pay for a podcast or they're going to pay for a website. You know, And suddenly the publisher is the one spending the money because the publisher believes they'll be able to get that money back through additional book sales. 
Okay, Thomas, let's jump into a few comments about hybrid authors because, you know, five years ago it was, wow, you're, you're doing both. What? I didn't know you could do that. Oh my gosh. And nowadays it's, it seems like everybody, including me is getting into the hybrid situation, meaning everybody that's traditionally published. I, I just see more and more of my author friends doing both. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So if you're a hybrid, which means you have both traditional books uh, through a publisher and you've got independent books, advertising for your books starts to make sense, even advertising for your traditionally published books. So if Barbara is losing 50 cents a reader, uh, buying readers for her traditionally published book, but let's say half of them are going on to buy one of her indie books where she's making $5 a copy, suddenly she just takes that 50 cents that she lost to get, uh, getting them, or it's a dollar now because let's say she has to buy two for everyone who's going to go on to read her next book. She's still making $4 net um, because they're reading through and eventually getting to her high margin books. So once you add some hybrid books into the picture, suddenly there's margins now where you can start acquiring readers both for your independent books and for your traditional uh, traditionally published books. And I really think that hybrid is the best strategy because you ha- you're able to use your publisher to give you credibility and to give you access to print bookstores and to the distribution and sales. And then you have your independent books that you're able to make money on. And the fact that you have traditional books gets you that attention, which makes it easier to sell the independent books. So you're not just sitting on Amazon with like five sales <laughs> getting ignored. That's right. And let's think this through. If you're traditionally published and you have one of your books sells more than and that that happens to most of us, one of your books is going to sell better than the others. Thomas and I have said this again and again, but your books are really a very thick brochure for your other books. They're a flyer. And a lot of you spend money on postcards or bookmarks or business cards, this kind of thing. So you're spending a certain tiny amount of money. Think of it that way, that I'm spending 50 cents to get this brochure in somebody's hands that will drive sales to my independent books. And work with your publisher on this. If you have indie published books, drive sales back to your traditional, your traditional drive to your indie. Um, It can be a symbiotic relationship that is beneficial to both parties. It really can. I, I know an author who has a trilogy that's traditionally published, and she has another trilogy in the same story world, with so with crossover characters and the same you know, world that's independently published. And she was very transparent with her publisher. It's in her contract that she can do this. And it opens up the toolbox for her to promote her indie books. Uh, and the people who read her indie books then will want to go on and read her traditional books. And so her, her publisher is okay with it. But she... She had to negotiate pretty hard. Like she had to already have success and be able to basically give her publisher a take it or leave it offer to have them in the same story world. Normally, publishers are like, yes, you can write your indie books, but it has to be different characters or a different world. Uh, but again, that's all about you know, the strength of your negotiating per, um, position. But for her, it's working out very well. And they're cross-selling and she's able to make a lot of money and get a lot of readers. So hybrid can give you best the best of both worlds. All right, Thomas, I think we're going to (laughs) wrap. Let people get back to their Christmas shopping. Yeah, this episode has been brought to you by My Book Table. Uh, It is a plugin that helps you sell more books on your website. So whether you're traditionally published or independently published, this will help make you a little bit of extra money. And if you are traditionally published, one of the ways that you can make money off your book is with affiliate sales. So Amazon will pay you directly every time they sell a copy of your book, and they give you a percentage of the entire shopping cart. So a lot of people using my book table find that the amount of money they make 
from affiliates goes way up in Am- uh, in December because somebody go they click the book to buy uh, they click the button to buy the book and then while they're on Amazon they get sucked in and they buy you know a dozen other things they do their Christmas shopping and they get an affiliate commission off of all of those different sales. My book table makes this very easy to add to your website. You can find out more at mybooktable.com. You've been listening to James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstead Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to take the survey at novelmarketing.com. <laughs> <laughs>